Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a podcast on all things playful and joyous. This is a podcast committed to bringing you all there is to know about playful learning and teaching. Today, I am with Stephanie Crawford, and we are going to be talking about risk. But before we get to talking about risk in our classroom, love for Stephanie to introduce herself. Well, hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> From Central Illinois, I teach eighth grade literature, and I've been doing this for 12 years, and I just started recently in the last couple of years, gamifying and using those game-based elements, and uh, this year went full gamification. Full-on gamification. I full love it. Full-on gamification. That's awesome. And uh, Stephanie also, this year, started doing vlogging. Oh, yes. Right? Like, I think that in and of itself is a bit of a risk take, right? It is. And thank you for the encouragement, by the way, that you were helpful in that, implemental in that. But, uh... We, well, we got some context. We met at an ed camp, Illinois, right? Okay, so really, the whole, our whole friendship is based on risk taking, quite honestly. This is perfect for this episode. It is. So... You came down to an ed camp in Chicago. Carrie Bauckham came to that same ed camp. And I drove up the three hours to get to that ed camp to meet random people from Twitter. I drove down two hours. <laughs> um, but I think that like in itself, the idea that you're going to an area you're not familiar with. I was new really to traveling to ed camps at the time was really just getting into building those relationships more and all of that. So taking that risk and driving the three hours and getting there, I could have easily said, no, it's not worth it. I am too scared to do this. I know no one. Um, but it turned out to be like the best thing ever. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like sometimes that little bit of risk can change everything. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the context here is we met at the Zed camp. Um and we, we attended a couple sessions together, one of which I was, that was the first session I've ever Your done. Very on first my vlog. very first one that I did. <laughs> I was on, there for the ground floor. <laughs> on, the, on YouTube and kind of using it as a reflective tool. And I think out of that session, Stephanie is the only one that actually went out and did <laughs> YouTube. Not calling any of you out if you're listening to this, but uh, <laughs> Stephanie is clearly the best student. So. <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness, that's really cool that you have started a vlog and took that risk and share things out. It's an excellent, excellent vlog. We'll put that in the show notes to links to your, to your vlog. Thanks. Yeah. Vlogging. And I would encourage everyone to take that risk, even if it's just to keep for themselves as a reflective piece for how they feel like they're doing throughout the year. I think we've talked about that before too, but, um, it's just, it, blogs are great, but you are more honest, I think, you're because you're recording and you're giving those instant reactions to things, you get, you just get a more honest, right there in the moment, representation of how things are going, I feel like, a lot of times. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I love vlogging. I love, that was probably my favorite sort of, quote unquote, risk that I took last year. Uh, but if... If we're going to widen this conversation a little bit out about risk and <laughs> taking risk, um, I 
recently finished a book by Mel Robbins on uh, how our mind is like trained to like keep us safe. So we like we are horribly risk averse to to the tune of even simple things like raising our hands, like any kind of <laughs> sticking our neck out. Our mind kind of wants to say there's a chance that something bad's going to happen, and and what happens is the moment you have that hesitation, your mind goes into this spotlight effect and it right. amplifies the the potential problem so large in your mind that you end up not acting on it. And uh, what I've learned both from the book and just life in general over the last couple of years, most often it's like worth taking the risk. It's worth going to the ed camp. It's worth right. putting out the, the vlog. It's worth trying that new lesson plan. Right. Uh, you know, and I think we got to, we, we have like this habit of like kind of saying no and staying well within like what we're comfortable doing. Uh, Yet we want our students to do the opposite of what we do. We want them to take those risks, even when we might be too comfortable to do that. We might be too scared to do that. But yet we're like, oh, raise your hand. It's safe to raise your hand. There's, you know, you need to contribute. You have to be wrong in order to be right. Yeah. No, I mean, isn't it? Isn't don't it, show them that. Isn't that crazy that like. Absolutely. That we're, we're like, <laughs> uh, we're like a foot away from a body of people that is constantly taking risks. Like as kids, right. like they're constantly put in different projects, different assignments. They're trying out for the play, <laughs> right? Like these people are constantly in a mode of changing, growth, you know, taking risks. And we're like, we're like right there. We're like on the front lines of change. <laughs> and we're like, but I, I'm just gonna stand here and do the same thing. Right. You know, that's so crazy that it's so close, but yet so far <laughs> away. I just came back from a presentation I gave and there's a spot in the presentation where I asked for some audience participation <laughs> and you, you can guess how well that goes over in a room full of teachers. <laughs> like it is amazing guys. Like nothing's going to hurt. Like raise your hand, do it, take that chance. Um, it, <laughs> it's not, I, it, it's not that bad. I had a situation kind of like that at, uh, ice this year and I was doing some game-based elements and bringing them in and there's a couple things I wanted people to try hands-on just to see that like you know using dice is not that scary to, you know to to get introduce a game um and I asked for the participation too and I, I had to like shame people into it and I I did oh I totally <laughs> I said, come on we can all do this. We have two minutes right now. Get on your phones, you know, get your answer, tweet that out. You had to, you really had to, I mean, it was like a classroom again. You know, you had to get them to come out of those. I totally shamed, shamed my conference attendees. I was like, <laughs> look, um, I'm asking for some audience participation. I put in like a hundred hours on this presentation. The least <laughs> you guys can do is raise, raise your hands and get up here. And like, I just want you to know, there was a room full of like 500 people and I got just enough people to play the game. Like I, I needed, I needed 10 people out of 500 and I got Okay, it. So wait, let me tie in this. Okay, great. Um, really, I guess idea about taking risk to that. So one of those people that came to that session who I had to kind of shame into participating, she ended up contacting me because she's a coach. 
she took back and presented about using game-based elements in the classroom nice. to all of her teachers. She contacted me about ways like maybe to adopt things for adapt them for lower levels. And then told me that a reading teacher was going to start doing leaderboards and everything. So she took, okay, she was shamed into it a little bit at first, <laughs> but she did it. She took that risk and it's paid off in a huge way because her teachers have totally benefited from it. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're trying something new now. I think too, once you take a few risks and man, you might be the perfect person to ask here coming from that ed camp story where you said you were like starting to do these things, right? You started right. to go to the ed camp. Um, I think there's like a, a level in, in us that once you start to become that explorer that, that sort of seeks things out and takes risks, it's, it's a, I don't want to say addictive, but it's, you, you kind of want to continue it. You're kind of like, and it sounds like this is what this lady did, you know, right? She, yeah. you shamed yeah. her into that first bit of the <laughs> risk, but then, then once she got into it, she kind of, her mind started to say, well, what other ways can I use this? And then she took risks by taking, by going off script. You know, you, you yeah. probably taught her a way to use this dice, a, a singular way. And I always say this in my presentation that this is just an example. Like, yeah. but like teachers are just so good at like, well, the rubric says, the rules say, this is, <laughs> right. this is what the lesson plan says. So do exactly what the lesson, like, oh man, like modify this. And it's so awesome that she took, you know, an additional risk and changed it up. Right. I do think that um, for me, even before ed camps, I was probably more willing to take risks at times in my own classrooms. And I know that not everyone's at that same comfort level, but I think the lesson's always the same. There's always just one little step you can do that's like that next thing that seems risky to you that you know, you can, you, if you just try it just that one time, it doesn't have to be traveling three hours to an ed camp. It, it can be something small. And even if you feel like you're less likely to move out of your comfort zone, just those little baby steps will still get you there. It yeah. might take a little longer, but you'll still move. Yeah. There's a, uh, I'm going to paraphrase here, but like there's a, <laughs> There, I know I'm long-winded, all right? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, there's this quote that really goes with what you're saying, you know, that it's okay. it's, it's about these little changes. And the, the quote goes something like that we, we overestimate what we can do in a day and we horribly underestimate what we can do in several days. Because yeah. it's really like about just those tiny little, you know, if you work out just 20 minutes a day, you know, three times a week, like that actually will produce probably greater change than saying like, I'm going to totally like crush it and work out for like an hour and a half and just destroy myself this Friday. But then if I don't do it again, look. <laughs> so I feel like I can kind of go along with that too, because you know, I did my running streak where I wanted to just commit to a small change. So I just wanted to do at least one mile a day. I didn't have a time frame set for how long I wanted to do it. I just knew that I needed to do something little to make a big change. And I didn't want it to be like, okay, I'm going to get out there and run for an hour. It needed to be something that seemed attainable that I couldn't make an excuse to get out of. And that first day turned into over a year, you know, just going out and committing to essentially 10 minutes in one day. I love that. So I think, you know, in the classroom, it's the same thing. You don't have to, just like you said, it doesn't need to be this major change it just needs to be the fact that you find something even something little and follow through with it 
just make sure you commit to using it that day, maybe using it for a week, seeing what happens. Yeah, there's a Japanese philosophy called the Keizian, Keizian principle, and it's this. It's like it's micro, tiny, like whatever's smaller than micro goal setting, you know, and the idea is when you set a goal that small, that simple, you you build habits because you won't miss it. So literally yeah. like the Keizian principle is going to say like commit to saying I'm going to do one push-up a day because you will you the, the point is you will be successful at it like even right. if you forget to do it and you're crawling in bed and you're like oh crap I didn't do my push-up I, push I, can, I can get up and do my one push-up but the reality is most days when you don't forget about it like you're down there you're doing a push-up what are you going to do you're going to you're actually going to just do one like you're probably going to still do like five, <laughs> ten. Someday right. you're going to be like, how many can I do? Right? right. And then all of a sudden, you know, 30 days later, 40 days later, like you have a habit of like kind of exercising every day. Yeah. And if then, cool. then you then you just add a different like tiny micro goal set. But like. Especially when we talk about how busy our lives are, something like that. Again, it really takes away all the excuses. It does. Like when you're when you're like, I, I committed to doing one push up like. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to do it. I mean, seriously, like if you read it, there's a book, The Keynesian Way that I read, you know, it gives a ton of these examples, like going on the treadmill for a minute, you know, like, you know, the, the so even your mile is actually a big goal as far as the, the Keynesian Way goes. Right. But, but it's the same principle, right? Like you chose this thing that you knew you could be, so you didn't say, I want to try to run a marathon. You just said like, right. we're going to commit to this and you did it. You took that risk. You did it. You know, I love it. So, uh, there's, there's another like thing I would love if people are still listening to us 13 minutes in, but <laughs> assuming we still have you out there, something that I really want to, uh, sort of invite you guys to do is, uh, I did a five for five challenge. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know, probably a couple months ago. I'm actually doing one this week. So by the time you hear this, I'll be two days in to my second <laughs> five for five challenge. Uh, principle is really simple five straight days of you know committing to doing something each of those days uh and it can be anything the first time i did it it was on i wanted to try to do five vlogs in in a week uh that was that was a challenge for me but i did it you know and it felt really good this week ooh, do i tell well by this yeah. point they'll know <laughs> i suppose all right so I won't cheat. I won't like pretend like I already know what I've done for two days. I, I, I could do that in the podcast, but I won't. I won't. I could be like Mondays was really good. I was really successful. I could go along with that. Yes, it was amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So my five for five challenge. I last time I did something that was kind of professional, and I really wanted to make sure on the second one that I show you that it doesn't have to be professional, right? So it just has to be a goal. So my goal this week, ooh, I'm a little nervous, in a work week, so Monday through Friday, I'm going to commit to trying to make five new recipes that I've never made. I love ah! I love to cook, but like that's, I don't usually do five <laughs> new recipes in a week. Uh, I love it. So, and then I'm going to kind of vlog throughout. I won't do five vlogs because that would be crazy to, do that on top of my other challenge but uh but i will vlog it i will i will at very least have one or two that kind of give you some updates but this is this is a, an invitation for you out there uh 
you know, this is another format that you could use to sort of challenge yourself. And I, it being a show about gamification and playful learning, and, you know, and education, uh, I think sometimes just we need that challenge aspect. Like you had the running streak. Here's the mm -hmm. five for five. You know, I think sometimes That's that helps. The same idea. You know, five for five is essentially a five day streak. Mm -hmm. You know, you're setting that. You're setting the goal to do it for that amount of time. That's fantastic. I love it. So that means I have to think of a five for five. Darn you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. You know, a good. A good thing for some people who are interested in games but maybe scared because they don't see themselves as gamers might be to play five different games. <gasps> Look at Stephanie yeah. just served you up. <laughs> and they don't have to take a lot of time. There are several games that take, you know, under 20 minutes to play, like Sushi Go or Jungle Speed or Bang. Or see, I'm naming all these so that there are no excuses. She, is, she is. I mean, I for who, <laughs> whoever is listening still, you you are you are now experiencing <laughs> Stephanie Crawford's shaming you in, <laughs> and I love it. And so now there's no excuse. There are plenty of good uh, websites for recipes. If any of you want to join me on the cooking go. one, uh, I love cooking. Love games. Uh, so maybe my next five for five will be a five streak of board games or card games. Because even though I, I love them, I can't say that I've ever done five days in a row. That would, I know. That'd yeah. be huge. So nonetheless, this, I mean, as you see, like this is, look at, I mean, look at the joy on both of our faces about like our run <laughs> streak, our five for five challenge, Casey and Way, like they, there's just all these things that come out of taking risks. Right. And I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that it does not always work the way that we want it to. Well, I'm I mean, sure there's going to be some recipes that do not work. <laughs> I mean, I think sometimes um, when people see, you know, like kind of where I feel like we are trying to motivate people to do something outside of their comfort zone at times or to take that next step. And sometimes it's easy to say, well, why do they always make it seem like it's it's easy to do. Well, the thing is, is that once you take that first step, it is easy, but that doesn't mean it always works the way you want it to. But it's still, you, it, you still find it easier to take that risk and to understand that, okay, if it fails, it fails. Because ultimately that failure is just you revising it and trying something different the next time. Being yeah. able to laugh at yourself, being able to laugh with, with because I'm sure, if you fail at a recipe, you are going to be laughing at yourself and you're going to be laughing with us too. I mean, That's we're right. going to be sharing in that. I will definitely vlog the, the failed. <laughs> you'll, you'll just see me we like... You should be like nailed it. Like yeah. a nailed it format. <laughs> I should just see me eating like burnt crisp vegetables or something. Be like, this is delicious. Yeah. This is the best <laughs> charbroiled vegetable I've ever had. <laughs> that sounds... So good. I don't even know my recipes yet. It's Sunday. I need to figure this stuff out. Oh, God. <laughs> That's you taking risks. No. So, like, I liked what you were saying there. And what what I think is sort of key and huge here is, again, going with why many of us stay in the comfort zone is because I think we let that uh, those excuses kind of jump to our head. And then that's what takes over. 
And then you're giving yourself an excuse not to do it, right? When you're kind of like, ah, busy or this week, we got soccer practice, like, right? So boom, now you've like given yourself an out to not play five board games, to not, you know, vlog or blog, to not join a Twitter chat every night or something, right? There's another idea. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Uh, But what we need to do is, or like what I loved what you were saying is that it's, it's, it's not that it's easy, but we make it look easy because I don't know. It, it kind of is like we are intelligent human beings. Like right now, I'll admit I'm a little nervous about the challenge, like five days, like five <laughs> recipes. Right. But when I tell myself like no excuses, I am an educated man. Like I can <laughs> go look up some recipes. I can start to plan out my week a little bit like, OK, I, I better go to the grocery store this day, this day. Right. right? All right. So what what the difference between sort of being successful on one of these challenges and not being successful comes down in my word to like one single idea. And that is just you have become way more intentional. Uh You're not letting life just happen to you. You are actively engaging in it. So your run streak, I am sure there were days where you're like, oh, but I got to drop my kid off here and I got to do this and I still got to make dinner. And oh, my gosh, grades are due. Like you could have let any one of those three things be the reason you didn't do your run. But the moment you decided like that this was going to be a streak, this was going to be a thing, you became intentional. You were like, well, I better wake up early and run in the morning or I better right after school. Like I can't wait. I, can't say, I am, you know, I am not a morning person. So rarely was there a day when I said I'm going to wake up early and run, but I wasn't going to sell you out. I'm I, well played. I, I'm totally fine admitting that not a morning person, but I did Every time we went on a vacation, I mean, I chaperoned the eighth grade DC trip. There was, there were plenty of times when I thought I'm just tired and I don't want to do it, but I did it because I knew I could do one mile and it would be fine. And I've done this and you're right. It's intentional. I want to do this. I want to keep going. So there were days when I was not feeling well, you know, um, like walking pneumonia, for example, just pulling one example out. She, she did her run streak. Through walking pneumonia. No, that that was not. No, I had walking pneumonia the year before, and I just kept teaching because I just thought I was tired. It's totally fine. Totally fine. Just fine. You don't know that you have to stop until someone tells you you have walking pneumonia. Stop. Power through it. <laughs> That's awesome. So I would say too that a benefit of taking the risk. Well. First of all, do the five for five and then tell your students you're doing it. I think you should tell your students you're doing the five for five. I shared with my students that I was doing my run streak. I've shared with them when I started my vlog. I've shared with them when I'm bringing a completely new game idea into the classroom. The reason I always share that with them is because they see then on a consistent basis that even though I am making them come out of their comfort zone, I'm also going out of my comfort zone i'm also being intentional about finding time to do these things i am taking risks and that i'm willing to because i've admitted to them like when an idea has gone wrong i'm like okay we need to revise that what are some ideas for (laughs) doing this better i just think if you are honest with your students and you include them in that then you create a whole class of students who is going to be more willing to take risks as as adults also who won't be so averse to 
ste- stepping out and taking that next chance. And I think in your classroom, right? Like, right. Talk Absolutely. about empathy. I mean, you're really like putting yourself in their shoes, right? Like, you know, students tell me all the time, like, man, do teachers get it? You know, we have this homework, that homework, all the projects seem to be due on the same day, right? And then when we think of the typical teacher schedule, while, while teaching is insanely difficult, I'm not going to make light of that, but, but it is typically very, uh, I don't know, regimented. Like we, you kind of know that like what you have to do, right? So there's this comfort zone, there's this like pattern and we rarely, if we, if we want to have to break out of that pattern. So, uh, to, to show your students that like, I'm shaking it up, I'm giving myself a homework uh-huh. assignment like my my week now i got all my normal stuff and now i have i gotta learn a recipe i gotta go to the store i gotta like cook that i, I have to eat it <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh so hard. Uh, michael is a very good cook by the way so i think that this will be a success for him i don't know five days i'm just more <laughs> concerned about the five days not not the actual cooking just the so, five days I think, so I'm going to share a story that I also think encourages you to take risks in the classroom to share with your students that you're taking risks because I use sketch notes frequently as a form of note taking just so that as my students move on to high school and whatever they do after, um, they have this valid form of note taking that is going to synthesize the information from both sides of the brain and it's new to them. And they don't always appreciate that I'm requiring this because it's so much easier just to have notes on the board that they copy down and don't have to think about it. But I'm honest with them from the beginning that I think it's valid that we'll go through, you know, the process. Um, There's no one way to do it, you know, all of this. And I'm honest about how I used to do notes just on the whiteboard and you write them down word for word and that's your notes. So they see that I've changed my way of thinking also. But then I have a student the other day that I was so excited about because we're doing a sketch note to trace the plot of a story and I teach five sections and I, she's in my second class and I was going through and doing my, you know, my little mini sketch notes in dry erase marker because I had some technology that wasn't working. And she was like, you should use sticky notes, Mrs. Crawford, and and put them up. And then you'd only have to draw them once and you could put them up for every class. And then when we don't finish the story and you want to put it up the next day, you don't have to redraw it all. It just goes up. And she was thinking how to make my life easier. And she was willing to tell me that because she knows that like I share with them when things go wrong or when they go well and that I'm taking chances. She was willing to take a risk to give me this idea that I could have said, that's awful. I don't, I don't, I won't ever use that, but she was willing just to say, Oh, Mrs. Crawford, have you ever thought about doing this? So it does encourage them to take risks with you. Yeah. And what I like about that is it, it, there's so many ways, so many points that we, we do have to be the leader or the adult or the teacher. Right. But this is awesome because it gave a moment where you guys were both in the trench at the same time. Like she right. was, she was helping out you on your goal, you know, uh, which is kind of cool. So, well, I can't believe it, but our, our time is up and our, our two remaining listeners need to hear, <laughs> hear what this, 
reflection time is. In all seriousness, uh, I really appreciate uh, having your take on this. It was a it was a it was a great episode. So I'm excited here to see what you think of our quote here. Um, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? <laughs> you surprise me. I don't care. All right. Now I have to decide. I'm like doing a coin toss in my head, people, right now, trying to decide. All right, here, here's the quote for reflection time. Great things never come from comfort zones. Uh, this is attributed to the internet. <laughs> I did try to figure out who said it, and all I got was anonymous. So the internet owns this. So, all right. I'm flipping the coin. You go first. I go first? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was an interesting coin flip, by the way. It's in uh, my head. No. <laughs> um, I think sometimes that we... So my takeaway, we think that we're doing great things sometimes, that we're doing awesome things without leaving our comfort zone because we've never left them to see what's possible when we do step outside of it. So even if you think, yeah, I don't really take a lot of risks, but things are going great, you don't know that because you haven't actually seen the other side. You haven't actually taken that step and walked beyond. And as someone who has not always, you know, traveled the three miles to Ed, or the, the three hours to Ed Camp and that, who has thought things were going well, I think I'm being innovative, but maybe I haven't taken that that leap outside of my comfort zone, I can say once you do it, you'll never look back. It's a whole different world. Once you do that, the the things that you really achieve truly are, even in your failures, great. I love it. Uh, for me, I mean, pretty similar. Like, it strikes me that what I guess what I want to center on is the, the, the start of it, great things. And I guess we have to ask ourselves, what are we trying to do here? Like, do you, do you want to do great things? And that, that means in your life, that means in your free time, that means in your classroom. What do you want your kids to do, your students to do? Um, and I, I think so many of us are capable of so much more if we, if we just would tell ourselves that I'm in it to do some great things, some great work. And great work comes from great effort great intentionality right it's gonna it is gonna be hard but just because it's hard doesn't mean you shouldn't do it right, right. like college was not easy like right but <laughs> i went through it so that i could have my job you know like but that doesn't mean that the growth stops right like so difficulty doesn't equal that we shouldn't do it right you know like we got we got to step it up right well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining us today. Love having you back on the show in a Thanks much for having me. A much more rapid uh, succession <laughs> than it took us forever to get you on the show. She's su <laughs> she's super booked. I, <laughs> that is so what it is. Um, I, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Take a drink of my water. <laughs> Love it, uh, everybody else. Thank you so much for listening. I truly like. I know I. I am self-deprecating throughout that uh, we have very few listeners. But to be honest, like the well-played community, the XP Lab community grows every week. And it's just an honor to have you guys part of the show. Stephanie, honor having you on the show. 
Thanks, Michael. Honored to be here. Everybody, please check out explorelikeapirate.com for all sorts of other ideas, vlogs, blogs, podcasts. Follow or subscribe, I should say, Stephanie Crawford or myself on our YouTube channels. All of that will be in the show notes below. Uh, how about not or? Not How about not me or you? How about both? So she's an English teacher. You know, like you all know that I, like, that's what I meant. It wasn't like choose, do a coin flip in your head. Subscribe to both. Take some risks. Join us. If you happen to do the five for five challenge, the hashtag I use is hashtag five spelled out, the number four, uh, and then five spelled out again. Five for five. Uh, I'd love to see you guys tweet that out and see if you're joining us. You're five for five. And uh, everybody, have a wonderful, wonderful week.